D-S-N-Y. We are back uh, after God, close to a month off at this point. Uh, Lean, uh, did you you left this place a mess while I was gone? What did you do? What do you mean? I didn't I see, do anything. I, I see Tottenham Hotspur merch all over the place. Like what? What have you done? This is terrible. <laughs> I, uh, hi, folks. The Yankees Mets Express is back. <laughs> we actually recorded last week, but because my computer decided to be stupid, it ate the episode. Uh, so, quick recap: I'm a dad now. Uh, and uh, yeah, Congrats, little ba- thank you. Little baby Riley was born uh, three weeks ago on November 18th and is already uh, getting her sports knowledge in. Lean is already proving to be a cool aunt, got the New York Rangers bow and the Everton onesie. So thank you very much for that. Those are great. Absolutely. You're so lucky I didn't thank get you. her like a Tottenham or Ohio State. You see how nice I am? Yeah, I know. I already know a few people who are probably planning to do that or just get teams that I hate. Um, but anyway, this seems like a good time as any to talk about. It's the holiday season and uh, Christmas shopping. That is not something I ever look forward to every year. I'm grateful I cannot relate. So that's yeah. I've heard but awful things though. So <laughs> does does this one have like have an equivalent of like Christmas or Hanukkah or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I think uh we have two holidays. They're both called the Eid, but they're like different. One comes after Ramadan, which is where we fast for a month. Right. And the and second that, but, one but is that, like a month later. And the fat and the fasting during uh Ramadan, that's only during the day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From basically from sunrise to sunset. And, and like that you can't have like you can't even have water at that no, point no 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 I, I would not be okay with that it's like we like make jokes about that how like non-muslims are like not even water it's like it's actually not that difficult at all like once you get used to it i mean yeah you've probably been doing it for a very long yeah, time like the first time i ever fasted i was seven you know what i mean oh so dang like, all right yeah, yeah yeah they they ease you into it so and then and that way and that way you just enjoy dinner all the more Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. Uh, Best time of year. Okay. Now, is your family hard to shop for? Uh, yes and no, I guess. I'm assuming yours is. Uh, yeah. My my <laughs> sister, it, okay, it's a combination of they're A, hard to shop for, and B, they have expensive taste. <laughs> so my my older sister, she's fine. Like, she has expensive taste, but uh, she'll say uh, half the time, hey, get me a gift card to, to Lululemon or to this fitness store. Right, right, right. Or I'll get her a cookbook because she loves to do that. Right. That's cool. My, my mom does the thing where she's like, I don't need stuff. I just want time. And she'll probably say something this year like, just to, just let me spend some time with my adorable granddaughter and mm-hmm. that'll be good enough for me. I'm like, mom, I got to get you something. Mm-hmm. My, my brother, Brandon, he, he's easy-ish to shop for. The problem is he's not very good at responding to messages. Aww. So, so like I'll, I remember one year I messaged him on, let's say, let's say December 5th. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm like, yo, idiot, what do you want? Yeah. I call my brother idiot. Yo, idiot. What do you <laughs> want for uh what do you want for Christmas this year? Uh, and and he doesn't respond. Right. Now, now keep in mind, my family, we do Christmas and Hanukkah because, yeah. you know, I, I grew up the half and halfway. Right. So, so pretty much like I text him like, hey, idiot, what do you want for Christmas? December 23rd comes, I haven't heard from him. 
And so sure enough, at that point, I'm texting her sister going, hey, Brandon responds to your messages more than mine for some reason. What does he want? She goes, get him a bottle of bourbon and you'll be fine. Uh, my stepfather this is- This is kind of convenient. My stepfather is impossible to shop for. He, he does not like movies. He has the strangest taste in music. Like just for context, I remember, you know how like back in the day, uh, parents had cars with a CD changer in the back just to kind of be like a flex of some kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember at one point in that CD changer, it was The Doors, Sinatra, Nat King Cole, The Three Tenors, and The Gypsy Kings. <laughs> like Very eclectic. Yeah, try being like seven or eight and sitting in the back listening to that garbage. <laughs> And he's oh got the, he's got the weird taste in music. He does not uh, mixtape. <laughs> tapes aren't mixtapes aren't a thing anymore. And he's not. Okay, gonna, okay make him a playlist. Uh, my mom would actually enjoy that more than he would, but okay. <laughs> um, but the point being, pretty much my, my stepfather's whole existence. Because keep in mind, he's very introverted. Great mm. guy, just very introverted. Like doesn't right. doesn't really talk that much except right. to people he's warmed up to. And when he is talking, he's usually railing against the state of the government. He's he's a Bernie bro without realizing it. Like okay. like he'll like he'll he'll pretty much like I remember exactly a year ago he was just spouting about how he was going on and on pretty much ranting and raving a la Bernie Sanders, agreeing with every single one of his talking points. And then he said Mike Bloomberg was the best presidential candidate. <laughs> People like that are so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like he, he, he's a leftist with a with a case of advanced boomeritis. Oh but yeah, oh my god, uh, that's know, a great way to put it. I, I'm trademarking <laughs> that right now. Boomeritis, it's a condition. American Medical Association, give me a call. We gotta talk. <laughs> and uh, it also helps that I've had that I've had uh, I've just had my coffee. So yeah, right. Dude, I'm sleeping. Oh my god! So here's here's the system Caitlin and I have. It is not necessarily to her advantage, but somehow we make it work. Okay, so Lee, okay. you you know that I am a night owl. I am up to two right. a.m. by default. Sometimes later. Yeah. And so, but even at that point, after I came to bed, when our when Riley woke up in the middle of the night and Caitlin had to go into the other room to feed her, I would wake up with her and like help with the diaper just for emotional support. Right. Like good dads do. And then Riley became very gassy, went through a growth spurt, and was pretty much waking up every hour on the hour, and we were both getting frustrated. So now here's the new system. Imagine if you and I went to get pizza, Mm -hmm. but instead of you eating the pizza, I got to eat all the pizza, and then Richarlison just came out and kicked you in the face. (laughs) Little Everton joke there. Dang. And, and knowing Richarlison as of late, he would probably miss, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> anyway. So, oh my goodness. So, anyway, the way it works, I am up until 2, 3 a.m. doing my thing, uh, playing video games, tracking West Coast action, this, that, and the other. And then if the baby cries, I will get up and help. I'll help with the diaper. I will keep Caitlin, Caitlin company like, like I do. After I come to bed, I am off the hook. Okay. Yeah. So it is a very advantageous system. We're both getting sleep though, and what? everything's great. Oh, and how did she up. agree to this? <laughs> You're right. That's not to her advantage at all. I think I think it's because um, I was going back to work right as um, oh, so we got we got a little visitor here. Got, got the cat. Oh my 
gosh. We I didn't oh. realize I didn't realize cinnamon was in here. Cinnamon, my little orange and a little orange and white tabby. So you're cute. The, you're gonna be on the podcast. You got something to say? Oh my gosh, she's purring so loudly. You can probably oh. hear her. All right. Anyway. So cute. Anyway, yo, okay. <laughs> Come on, get That's out. That's her here. the best. Yeah. So uh it was Caitlin's idea, actually. And I think that uh, because of like Riley being really fussy at night happened right when I was about to go back to my my day job. Right, right, right. And she was like, look, it's not going to do either of us any good if we're sleep deprived. How about we do the system? Because this way you're up for at least one late night feeding to help yeah. out. And in an absolute emergency, even though you're asleep, I can wake you up. Okay. I mean, that's very nice of her. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of waiting for it to stop. I'm not. I'm still not convinced it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm kind of not believing it either. But yeah, enjoy anyway, it while it lasts. Anyway, we've got a lot to cover today, uh, folks. Uh, the free agency cold stove, and uh, stove. just a quick recap: the Knicks drafted Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly. They're not going to win more than 30 games this season, but I'm still very excited for to watch them to see what Tom Thibodeau has to offer. The Giants are in first place by nothing short. Yeah. You know what? I the yeah. Giants beat Russell Wilson. Uh I'm gonna let them have this one. That Russell Wilson has been on a fuck you tour the entire season. I still think he's gonna win MVP, but I'll get Josh, of- I, I I like we even we said it on air together that we both thought he was gonna win MVP. I'm like completely not on board of that trend. Honestly, dude, Wilson has been playing so bad lately that I'm not even kidding. You can ask my brother. I knew the Giants were gonna beat him even without uh Daniel Jones. And who is gonna win MVP? Mahomes, what do you mean? Oh, yeah. oh, you think he'll go back to back? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think Rodgers is giving him a run for his money, but I think it's all Mahomes. All right. Well, that well, this is not a football show today, so we're going to move off of that because yeah. I will not praise Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes has had his. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's, um, uh, let's shift to baseball. The Mets have a brand new owner in billionaire Steve Cohen. He is kicking ass and taking names. He already signed Trevor May, who I think is going to be great for the bullpen, just like as a seventh or eighth inning guy. And he seems so thrilled to be a part of the Mets. It's it's really refreshing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, the the Mets, like it was clear that they needed to add at least one bullpen arm during the offseason. Right. They did that with Trevor May. And I think that he's a great, he's been great with the twins. I think he's going to do really well with the Mets, like you said. And he even said in uh, an interview, he was like, honestly, Steve Cohen is a big reason why I wanted to come here. So, you know, that's, that's great. The Mets are becoming relevant again. And that's, that's important. I'm curious if, if you feel the same way, because like with what you said right there with May, with Trevor May saying, oh, Steve Cohen is a big reason why. Steve Cohen to me, it's almost like he's Steve Ballmer of the Clippers, where he's really hands on. He's taking a genuine interest in how the team's run, who's on it, what it's all about. For sure. Honestly, even more so, to be honest, I, I've never I, we've, we've never seen an owner like this, especially he's so, so active on social media, engaging right. with the fans and stuff. I mean, he's, he's a fun guy. Maybe, cool. maybe Mark Cuban, but he doesn't. Yeah. Really do, he, he doesn't really do as much fan interaction. Exactly. Yeah. He, but Mark Cuban is a good uh, analogy. Yeah. Mark Cuban is uh, is probably the best billionaire out there or he's better than most. Yeah. 
Because, like, because, like, ju- just touching on this, I don't know if you saw this. The Mavs last week signed JJ Barea to a one-year mm-hmm. deal worth a little north of two million, and then it was announced yesterday they're probably going to release him at the end of the week. But Cuban was like, he's been so valuable to the team, I wanted to reward him. Right. Yeah. And I, a, I, cool I respect guy. that. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. He's his. He's got a little too much energy for my taste. But who the hell am I to talk? <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Uh, but the Mets are also not done. Reports coming out yesterday. Ken Rosenthal from the Athletics said that James McCann uh, could be next. George Springer is also at the top of their list. Uh, these are not our. These are not your father's Mets. Not your oh, father's Mets at all. Not at all. It's like it's. Honestly, dude, at a point where my even after Cohen bought the team, my dad's first instinct is to still like talk smack about the team. Like, oh, they're not going to do anything, whatever, whatever. Because it's like he's so and I remind him, I'm like, bro, it's a different owner, whatever, whatever. And then he like has to check himself. It's crazy. Uh, Yeah, but it's like you and I, it's like you and I were talking um, a month or so ago. Being a Mets fan is almost like being a Knicks fan and that it's almost like you're a rescue dog where every time something good happens, you're kind of like, uh, how long yeah, is this yeah. actually going to last? Yeah, for sure. Like I can, re- <laughs> I can think of two instances when I was in college, when the Mets were in first place in September and still missed the playoffs. Right. <laughs> so like, They can't get excited about anything. When, yeah. When a fan base takes that much abuse, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, what, what's your take on adding McCann and Springer? Do you think it's wise? for the Mets to be spending so much money so quickly or do you think or do you think they should give a chance for the younger guys still so like so with McCann um McCann isn't like the greatest catcher out there uh especially not defensively but the thing is uh JT Real Muto like you know how I feel about him too not a fan of giving him 200 million dollars I don't think that's don't get me wrong I don't think anyone's gonna give him that money but I think the Mets are doing the wise thing by avoiding him. Mm-hmm. And the we all know Wilson Ramos not coming back, but and they do need a catcher, obviously, because Tomas right, yeah. Nito, like as good as he was last year, um, he cannot be your number one catcher, especially if you're hoping to make a deep playoff run. Um, the, the thing with McCann, he can hit, can't really defend. His defensive numbers are pretty similar to Ramos, I would say. He can frame uh, better than Ramos. A little bit, yeah, but um, I don't know. I think the the problem is I don't really know what to say because they do need a catcher. For example, their number one prospect right now, Francisco Alvarez, we've talked about him on the show. He is uh, also a catcher, but dude's a ways away. I think he's like at least two years away, something like that. Um, But four years for McCann, I think it's kind of a lot – and I don't know, I think they might end up regretting it down the line, but well, they, well, I, I don't have a solution to, for them. Well, this bleeds right into Francisco Alvarez because he only just turned 19 barely a month ago. He turned 19 on November 19th. Yeah. And so he's still young. And they're, let's say that the Mets signed McCann to a four-year deal, right? Mm-hmm. Two years down the line, depending on the money, that's a movable contract. That's the thing. I well, yeah. I guess because I, I I was thinking that it would be a lot of money, but we don't know the money, so I guess we'd have to wait to James McCann. That. James McCann has had two has had two pretty good years for the White Sox, but not mm-hmm. good enough to the point where he can command twenty million a year. Yeah. If the if the Mets gave him, let's say four and sixty, I don't think that would be terrible. Yeah, that's it's not it's not a bad contract. Yeah, yeah, and or or even four million. or even four and sixty five. That'd be like a minor overpay, but you just said it yourself they really need a catcher. 
And I say this about Gary Sanchez all the time. This is a hitting dominant league. Fielding <laughs> isn't fielding is an added bonus. If I can have an average fielding player who I know is going to mash the ball consistently, or at least get on base and like put up a decent batting average and not get in the way of scoring runs. That's fine by me. You know what it is, Josh? Like I, I completely agree with you. It's just that, especially with Mets fans, they were a big reason why they were excited to move on from Wilson Ramos is, is the defense. So like, it's kind of a slap yeah. in the face for them. Like we're getting rid of Ramos, who's a poor defensive catcher, and then getting McCann, who isn't much better defensively. The difference you know? is, though, James McCann, it, like you and I saw this in real time twice during the regular season. Wilson Ramos half-assing a tag cost the Mets games twice. Right, right, right. Yeah, and yeah. Ja- and, right. Ja- and James McCann, even though he's not that much better a defender than Wilson Ramos, he's not going to half-ass plays. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be in. He's gonna be in position, ready to make it, and not just like. Eh, right, That's so well, true. That's so there true. we go. Also, I do think uh, I do think that age plays a part too. Like McCann is younger than Ramos, so not by know. much. Um, but two years. Let's see, James McCann. Right? He's thirty. Uh, he's gonna be thirty-one in June. June thirteenth, okay. he turns thirty-one. Wilson Ramos, by comparison, Wilson Ramos is gonna be thirty-four in August. Yeah, and like I, I don't know that that doesn't sound like a big difference, but for catchers, bro, that's a pretty big difference. It is a big difference, especially when the bodies break down a little bit. Yeah, because like Carlton Fisk said this in an interview long ago. I think I was in middle school when he gave this interview. He said like I got to the point where I was catching for so long, where I was like, you know what, I'm going to need my knees reconstructed, and he got the surgery done. I think. I think it was preemptively, but it was like, it wasn't a major injury, but it was like inevitable. So he said, look, let me get my knee, let me get my knees done now. And then he went on to play for over 20 years. Wow. He, re- he retired in 93 with the White Sox. And I think he, mm. was, I think by that point he was in his mid forties. Wow. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I mean, catching, it, it takes a toll on the body for sure. Especially when you get to this like age range, but I mean, I, I was I was the emergency catcher on my high school baseball team. I was like the back of emergency catcher. So pretty much in between innings, if I wasn't out in the field, I would warm up the pitchers while like the starter, uh, my friend mm. Dave, got his gear on. And right now, just like my lower back and my knees between backup catching and terrible posture. Some days I feel like I'm 100 years old. Oh, my gosh, man. That's that's yeah. yeah, I can't imagine. But um, let's uh let's shift to George Springer because that would because no disrespect to James McCann, George Springer would be almost Bryce Harper esque in terms oh, of his yeah. standing. Yeah, I um, mean he, he's great. I think, he, I think I think he's a great fit for the Mets. Yeah, absolutely. Like we all know, and it's become clear that the Mets were trying to go after a proper center fielder because like Randon Nimmo, great leadoff man, good hitter. Uh, good defensively, but he's not a good defensive center fielder. Last season, he was the worst in the league, actually. So that's not going to work. If you're trying to be a serious contender, you got to get yourself a better center fielder. And I think uh, George Springer is perfect. He's one of the best outfielders in the game, one of the best center fielders in the game. Good defense, good hitter, and is great in the playoffs, too. So... Clearly, you like the move too. I um, think it's a good move. I think you. I think you got to be a little wary because uh, his fielding took a small step back last year. He put up a D war of negative two point two, but he had a bro. Honestly, I don't like uh, looking at stats from last year. If we're being honest, because it, it was such a strange season. It's, yeah, it's you're right though. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, no, you're right. On the whole, he should be fine. I mean, I'm looking at his fielding his yeah. fielding stats. 
on baseball savant right now he's pretty decent in outs above average he can play multiple outfield positions in an emergency yeah that um, too yeah but between the leadership the playoff mm-hmm. experience and he's a former world series mvp mm-hmm. i don't think i mean every mets fan is probably thinking oh well, like what if it's jason bay all over again Jason Bay was was coming off a year in Fenway, the ultimate hitters park besides Yankee Stadium, mm. and was suddenly hitting in a in a stadium in a brand new city field, which at the time was too damn big. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was. I went. I went to a game at City Field in two thousand nine. My first thought was thinking, "This is a gorgeous ballpark. The Mets aren't going to be able to hit here." <laughs> and turns out you were right. <laughs> Yeah, and then sure enough, like a few years later, Jeff Francoeur comes out and says, it's too damn big. Oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, yeah, City, I used to roast my dad and brother about that all the time. Like, what kind of ballpark is this? And this I is not like... I just, I just want to say, oh, come to City Field. We have McFadden's and we have Shake Shack. I've been to the actual McFadden's by Grand Central. It is a terrible place. <laughs> it is, like, it is it, you walk in, you can smell the bad decisions happening. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> you went to Ohio State, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably, it's, I guarantee you walk into McFadden's at any point, there's maybe at least three people there who have been to a Big Ten tailgate. <laughs> so, and, right. <laughs> yeah. And Shake Shack, uh, newsflash, Five Guys is better. There, thank I you, said gosh. it. Don't come thank at you. Me. Thank you. Thank you. Shake Shack is actually not good. I'm sorry. Nope. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on Hot Ones, actually made a really good point about Shake Shack. He goes, Shake Shack is a gourmet chef trying to do a fast food burger. In and out burger, and we'll throw five guys in there as well, is a fast food place that actually makes a pretty good burger. Actually, speaking of in and out, my brother, um, and I've heard this from a bunch of people. My brother had in and out in and out twice, and he said it was terrible. Hmm. Isn't that strange? You you like it though? I yeah, I like it. Mm, I mean interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a very... Maybe he just had, like, bad experiences. I don't know. Did he go to one in California? Yeah, yeah, both were in California. Wow, okay, maybe... And both were in Los Angeles. No, I think one was in San Diego and one was in Los Angeles. so weird. Right. All right, well, well, enough of the burgers, back to baseball. Um, (laughs) Okay, anyway. (laughs) uh, The big big question I have with Springer... Now, obviously, this is going to be a point-rendered moot because it seems that it's not a matter of if, but when the National League gets Universal DH... He's 31. So yeah. uh, I think that the Mets, look, it's going to take at least seven years to get George Springer, right? Am, am I wrong? I think so. It's going to be around that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I think it's going to be. I think they could do a little bit less, but it's going to be, you know, yeah. Maybe five years with a couple of options. I was going to say, yeah. 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 Because yeah, we all, we all know, we all know he is not going to be a center fielder for the entirety of his Mets contract, unless, mm-hmm. he, t- unless he signs a short term deal, which could happen. Right. Of course. Yeah. But I think that on the whole, it's going to take, it's going to take seven years and we'll say $150 million mm-hmm. at a minimum to get George Springer, maybe even more, because he's one of the few out there who could command 200 million, even in a pandemic year. I, I, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know in this off season and all these owners are crying poor. I don't know if anyone would give him $200 million. I think that's a lot. Uh, I but. think, I think they are definitely crying poor, but I think that I remember one, I think that uh, this was said to Michael K or somebody, one executive said, uh, look for January for things to start heating up mm. because I think that Come January, because now now that we know there's a COVID vaccine and we have a we have like a general idea of the timing of when everyone's going to be vaccinated and be able to go out and do stuff again. 
Oh, here, let's look at this. I just Googled uh, like stuff about George Springer. And uh, for example, uh, MLB trade rumors, their yep. prediction is that he lands a five-year, $125 million contract. All right. I mean, like that, that seems a little low, but I guess in COVID dollars that, that, that would have the value yeah. of 750. But yeah. I think, but going back to what I said, I think that uh, come January, now that we have an idea yeah. of, of like how many vaccines there are, how they're going to get rolled out, who's getting them first, when everyone's going to have them. I think by January owners will have a, will have a clear idea of mm-hmm. when to let fans back in and when they can start seeing more money roll and see some of those, those losses made For up. Sure. And so probably in the new year, we'll probably see owners go, okay, now that here's what we know, uh, even though they are still going to cry poor because that's what they do. Yeah. And and that's what they have done for decades. Right. Uh, Of course. Classic. (laughs) Hi, welcome to the Proletarian Baseball Podcast. Anyway, so (laughs) I swear no more politics. I'm done. (laughs) I'm the worst. So so probably uh, by January, they'll say, okay here's how much money we can actually spend and let's actually talk to players now. Right. Right. And then, um, I th- and then I think they'll have a better idea of, and then on top of that, if the, if the national league has the DH, then you'll see a bunch of guys, I'm sure sign one year prove it deals to say, Hey, I don't need the American league to succeed. Boom. I'm going to go hit 30 home runs. That's a good point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, one way or another, the Mets are moving in a positive direction for the first time in a long time. By the uh, way, Josh, I don't know. Going back to Springer real quick. I don't know if you yeah. like saw it's basically uh, guaranteed because um, like we're not just speculating here because Buster only was on um, ESPN radio. I think it was two nights ago. And mm-hmm. he said like, quote unquote, uh, I'm willing to bet the the family the farm family in Vermont. Farm in Vermont. <laughs> yeah, that's Springer. <laughs> that was yeah, I saw that too. That, that I thought that was really really funny. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, so it, it literally looks like it's a matter of uh, when and not if. So that's yeah. huge for the Mets. Um, yeah. I think though it does make Springer coming to the to the Mets is gonna. So you, you know how. Uh, MLB basically told teams to proceed as though there won't be a DH, a universal DH next season. Right, yeah. I think uh, Springer coming to the Mets is going to pose a bit of a problem because then it makes guys like J.D. Davis and uh, Dominic Smith, like there's question marks. I personally actually wrote about this too. I personally think that the Mets should have moved J.D. Davis. It's not too late. Obviously, I still think they do need to right. move him. Well, but but, but also, like, it, just to tack on what you said, MLB said, hey, prepare for no universal DH. But then other people are saying that could still happen once uh, players and the once the union and the owners start talking about money. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's what I'm hoping for, honestly, because it's... Uh... Because because universal DH 2021 bro right? yeah yeah because I think universal DH that could be sort as seen as a sort of like a half compromise like look we're mm-hmm. gonna have to defer salaries again at least make universal DH so that a lots of these guys on the market have jobs exactly exactly yeah yeah because sure. like up like what's the one thing we heard consistently during the shutdown uh over the summer we want to play we want to play we want to play guys will guys are like if they have to i'm sure there's more than a few guys out there who who got non-tendered who if there's a universal dh they'll take one year for the minimum just to get on the field and prove themselves exactly for sure all right uh but that said uh let's move on to the yankees where because whereas the mets are being aggressive wait wait, wait. let's uh can we do liam hendricks real quick liam hendricks right yes i forgot about him i'm sorry i am god the coffee is is making me uh, go too fast (laughs) 
Yeah, Liam Hendricks, uh, an elite closer, uh, depending on what role he's in. He was great in that role for the Oakland A's last year. One point. Oh, just, uh, just, just real quick, just for the listeners, if they didn't know, um, yeah. sources apparently told SNY that the Mets are looking into Liam Hendricks. They're interested in him. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah. I personally, bro, I don't know about you. I'm a huge Liam Hendricks fan. I oh, actually, yeah. He is, he's been my number one off-season cho- uh, reliever choice for the Yankees. So um, I'm a little annoyed that the Mets are interested in him. I but mean, that's going to be a huge. Uh, I mean, the Yankees were never, were never going to have a shot at him anyway, because he's been a closer the last two years. And why would he, t- why would he demote himself to go to the Yankees? A girl can dream, Josh. Okay, moving on. Um <laughs> But the fact of the matter is he's still a very good closer. He's he's a rare type in that he's one of those closers who's got the high case per nine but doesn't walk guys either. Mm-hmm. He's done a really good job of, of seeing his walks go down the last two years. So just for context, 2018, he had 8.3 case per nine, 3.8 walks per nine. And this was just in a standard bullpen role. 25 mm-hmm. games and an ERA just over four. 2019, 25 saves. Uh, ERA south of two, 13.1 Ks per nine, 2.2 walks. Yeah. And he, and he matched the Ks per nine this year and saw the walks cut in half entirely. Yeah. Finished He's ninth so in Cy Young voting. He is an absolute monster. He was That's, also yesterday named to the MLB uh, first team. Yeah. Or MLB first team, rather. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that slider, man. It's just so dirty. Yeah, no, he, yeah. he's disgusting. I, I, yeah, I, he's amazing. Yeah, and I really hope that I don't want to say I hope that the Mets get him because, as a Yankees fan, I kind of want the bullpen to be unpredictable still for the Subway mm-hmm. Series. But yeah. if if the Mets can get one of Liam Hendricks, James McCann, James McCann, or George Springer, that's proof that ownership isn't messing around. Mm-hmm. Sandy Alderson and Steve Cohen. No, no, we are here to change the team. We are here to build a winner. Did you you hear about, so it's not confirmed because the page I saw it on, it was like a fan-ish page on, uh, someone sent the link to me, it was on Instagram. Apparently, uh, Francisco Lindor said he's like, quote unquote, not thrilled about playing for the Mets. And it seems like his first choice is the Dodgers. So I don't know, because it looked like the Mets, it looked like the Mets would be the number one landing spot for him. So... I I haven't heard anything about that. The only reason I can think of where um, or think of why he would feel that way is that he's just not a New York guy because Cleveland is a very small market compared to New York. Right. But like the Dodgers, though, you know. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the the Dodgers, Los Angeles, it's easier to kind of not get caught up in the city life in Los Angeles. I guess, but like it's still one of the biggest markets in, in the game. Maybe he doesn't like cold weather. You never know. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, or maybe he 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 knows that Alderson was with the Wilpons at one point. He's skittish about that. It could, it could be a, a number of things, but yeah, I just you know I thought it was interesting. Yeah, but one way or another, Liam Hendricks and James McCann and George Springer, the Mets are not going to get all three of them. They're probably going to get one yeah, or two of that of that three. Yeah. But just like I said, just acquiring one that should be good enough for the fans because that's a sign that your owner right. actually gives a rat's ass. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. And of course the New York could always use more Aussies. 
<laughs> right <laughs> dude we went we went to australia for our honeymoon australia yeah. new zealand and yeah. i hate flying normally and it's like oh, i gotta fly to los angeles then i gotta mm-hmm. fly then i gotta fly to sydney then i gotta catch another flight to this other part of the country right and australia was actually really really cool i've heard really cool things i'm kind of scared yeah. of the animals there but you know uh all Did you the see anim- anything crazy nothing that wasn't already at a wildlife reserve like you didn't see anything in the, like when you were walking or something? Like, oh, you know. no, because like when we were out and about walking around Australia, it was in the cities. Right, right. And okay. so and yeah. so all the animals we saw were in like zoo environments. And even there, like I was like, OK, I'm not going to I have birds give me the creep. So I'm not going to the birdhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, OK, uh, there's no spiders walking around. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Because like everything. I know. Yeah, because. Australia, you don't really need to worry about all the animals and like seeing other crazy shit unless you're out in the outback or in the rainforest. Because we, we were we were either walking around cities or on a cruise. But that's the thing that's not even true. Because like people in like residential areas, they always find crazy animals like in their houses. Well, from, yeah, be, yeah, right. because those residential areas are built on former rainforests, and there's still some leftover wildlife. I know, like it's it's just I'm not trying to be somewhere and then see like a giant freaking snake or something like. Yeah, that that, that happened to Chris Hemsworth. It was actually really funny. Are you serious? Oh, he was doing it. He was doing an interview on Kimmel, and he said something like, "Yeah, so my house is in a rainforest, and I was just out doing some yard work, and all of a sudden, I saw a snake on my deck." Absolutely not. Nope. He's Australian. He's used to it. Oh, all that's right. the thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get. Let's not get distracted anymore. Let's shift to the. <laughs> let's shift to the Yankees, shall we? So while the while the Mets have been very aggressive in free agency, the Yankees have been very quiet. Ooh. And they're, oh God, it's so anxiety inducing. Um, But oddly enough, this was a report yesterday from, I forget the guy's name, but he's with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He says that the Yankees have apparently checked in on both Jamison Tyon and Josh Bell. Mm -hmm. Now, Josh Bell, there's no place for him. The Yankees are not, the Yankees, guys, I'll put this out there right now. As someone who has traded for Josh Bell in the show, I traded Luke <laughs> Voigt for Josh Bell in the it's show. so man. annoying. I traded Luke Voigt for Josh Bell. He was an absolute monster for me in the show. He's a switch hitter. He can play first base and the outfield in an emergency. Guys, I hate to burst your bubble. That trade is not going to happen in real life. It just isn't. Um. Okay, can I... I guess it's good we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. I, I actually like this. This is for the Yankees, to be honest with you, bro. Okay, Jamison Tyone, I think he's good. Uh, I always think he's been... Oh, no, 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 no. Tyone, I'm fine being a Yankee, just not Josh Bell. Dude, I actually, I like Josh Bell a lot. Um, I think, first of all, the fact that he... <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Just let me finish, and then you can uh, sigh and roll your eyes and whatever. I already so, am, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, okay, one... Yankees got no balance in the lineup, right? Josh Bell is a switch hitter. He provides that. So that's already something that makes him attractive to me. Second of all, um, I understand that he did, he's coming off of a not great year, but dude doesn't strike out. The Yankees strike out, especially in October. I think he it would be nice to have a guy who's not a huge K guy like there in the lineup. Third of all, um, I think this this isn't as important to me as the other two reasons, but I think acquiring Bell makes it easier for the Yankees to get rid of Voight. And uh, don't get me wrong, I like Voight, and I think he's really good, even though he can't hit good pitching. But I guess it's another conversation. Um, 
it looks void Luke Voigt's value right now is pretty high and acquiring Bell would allow the Yankees to trade Voigt for a really good return so they'd be getting good assets in exchange for Voigt so I fully agree with you yeah. on the uh the switch hitting aspect just because that the Yankees lineup is very righty dominant to mm-hmm. the point where it's kind of offensive yeah dude. I mean, I mean I'm saying I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that as a switch hitter so mm-hmm. th- so that like and that just really bothers me right. uh and yeah I get that bell he doesn't really except for last year he doesn't strike yeah. out a lot mm-hmm. and last year like again it's a, he had 57 games he hit 226 his walks went down his strikeouts went up but on top of that he's not a good fielder like we're, but like, but Luke Voigt's not a good fielder either. Let's okay, you, you know what? I'm pulling up both their baseball savant pages so we can look at yeah, so we can compare it. the two. Okay. okay, so all right, so fielding Josh Bell, uh, the main number we're looking for here is outs above average. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Bell outs above average. Okay, at tw- in 2020 zero, 2019 negative five. Uh, and prior to that, it was like at or about one, sometimes negative one. Now, by comparison, Luke Voigt. Let's see where he is. Uh, I should have had this had this ready to go, but here we are. I've got other things ready to go. All right, <laughs> Luke Voigt, uh, his fielding in 2020. Because you saw as much as I did. Luke Voigt actually seemed to take a step forward. All right, his fielding, negative four, uh, negative six in 2019. So it's a pretty much it's pretty much a wash defensively. But you're taking... That's what I'm saying. They okay. both can't defend. All right. But at the same time, Lean, Voigt is establishing himself not just as a middle-of-the-order presence. He's becoming a leader in the locker room right now. And you want to trade all of that for Josh Bell, who you only had for two no, no, years no, no, no. of team control? Josh, 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 Josh. No, 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 no. I don't want to trade Luke Voigt. I even said this to someone yesterday. Ideally, I'd like to keep them both. But... It just makes Voight, if like, let's say someone comes knocking and is willing to give up a, a lot for him, and I know that a lot of teams would, then, you know. Unless the pitcher coming back for Voight is at or near the level of Jacob DeGrom, that is not a deal you're going to make. I don't know. I mean, if you have Josh Bell, why not? Let's shift, let's shift the conversation to Jamison Tyon because this is actually a deal I think the Yankees can and should make. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not pitch. Now this is where the red flag with Tyon comes. He did not pitch at all last year because he just had his second Tommy John surgery, and the Yankees already have Luis Severino out recovering from Tommy John surgery. However, the good news for the Yankees is that because Tyon's arm is made of glass, it seems they can probably trade nothing and get him. They'll <laughs> find they'll probably find someone down in Single A along with maybe one moderately successful prospect and say hey give us Jameson Tyon plus he's only under team control for another year so. right right um, or two years no right. maybe two years yeah. yeah so he's 29 yeah um and he's also got yeah he's got arbitration in 2022 so yeah so the Yankees would have him through his age 30 season mm-hmm. uh great curveball spin which I think is a great pairing with uh with Garrett Cole Mm-hmm. Uh, his fastball velocity, that's going to be interesting to see after yeah, the surgery. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, his average fastball velocity is at 95. Uh, in 2018, it was 95.2. 2019 dropped to 94.8. So that, yeah, that's a little concerning. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we need to see what he looks like post-surgery. 
Right, for sure. I, I think that given the state of his health and how he's never really been able to establish himself in a groove on the Pirates, even though they haven't been a very good team while he's yeah. been around, this is a move <laughs> where I, I think the Yankees, Cash needs to do what he does best and get something for nothing. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is one of those times. Because like, because the Pirates, they're going to be more than happy to trade Tyon. Yeah. They're, me, they're, trying, they're trying to dump salary. Mm-hmm. But going back to Josh Bell, even if like the Yankees don't trade Voight for him, I I just don't know where he plays because yeah. the because the outfield is set, the uh, the infield is set, pretty much I think. Yeah, and it's like guaranteed that Sam is DHing. Yeah, and he's if God forbid DJ LeMahieu walks, he's not going to play second base. Right, you're not going to move Voight to second base. Yeah, like the only the only thing I can think of is maybe you would move. And I don't even know if he can play this position. Maybe you move Urshel to second base or Torres or yeah. See, there's nowhere to put Bell. Yeah. Like, I, more, I'm saying this out loud. He's going to be a, a guy off the bench and he's too good for that. Right, of course. Bad as, yeah. he, bad as he was last year. Has, now that, has Bell ever played anywhere else like, other uh, than first? Uh, outfield. Where in the outfield? Right field. Oh. Yeah, 2016, he played 108 in the third innings and in, in the uh, in right field, and ha- let's see how we did, shall we? Uh-huh. <laughs> Minus five DRS. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Minus five. Uh, Homie no. cannot field. <laughs> no, he cannot. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Tyon, he can't really spin his fastball that well. Yeah, it's like a, it's like maybe uh, he's in the sixty-second percentile, which is just it's above average. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his but his velocity and his curve spin they kind of border on great. Yeah. So, but that said, if there's one guy who knows uh, how to spin balls, we saw this with James Paxton and Jay Happ last year, Matt Blake. Yeah, that's true. So I think that if you get uh, James and Tyon in Dr. And Dr. Blake's office, even though he's not really a doctor, <laughs> yeah, if they get the two of them together, I actually think that would be a, that's a really good, a good pairing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on board for for this trade for sure yeah like tyone and i think that right i know it's scary that he's coming off of tommy john like we said but i i don't know i i think he'd okay be, he'd add up yeah i i really want to i really want to track that uh see how see how the Yankees pursue him because brian hoke i mean like uh because you do not have instagram right i do not no okay i'm going to encourage you to get instagram for this very reason Brian Hoke every Wednesday during the offseason so far has been doing what he calls the hokey happy hour <laughs> where he has a drink and just answers questions on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he is under the impression that the Yankees are going to get Kyle Schwarber because Cashman's wanted him for God knows Josh, how long. Josh, Josh, I literally, as soon as he was non-tendered by the Cubs, I was telling everyone watch the Yankees are literally going to get Kyle Schwarber. That would be the most classic New York Yankees move in the history of the world and it would be a genius move you know why oh josh stop because look let's Kyle let's, Schwarber stinks and there's nowhere for him to play no uh wrong here's what's gonna happen oh. john carlos stan is going to get hurt per usual who steps in boom kyle Schwarber, um no outcomes guy literally no lefty thing. bat short boards in right field give him number 12 make it happen gosh he is not good at baseball i'm okay thank you no, <laughs> this is not I you not- have to be the only yankees fan on the planet who actually wants this to happen you know what no- you know what i am already <laughs> on baseball savant i'm pulling oh did my keyboard freeze 
No, it didn't. No, Good. Didn't. See, your keyboard doesn't no, even no. want. <laughs> no, here we go. Kyle Schwarber <laughs> on Baseball Savant. All right. What did he do last year? 188, 11 homers, 24 RBIs. Um, okay, let's Josh, see. Josh, I don't want another guy who hits a home run, like, however often, he was bro. In the top, we have enough of these guys. He was in the top 5% in exit velocity last year. I don't care. That means he hits the ball hard and was having bad I luck. I don't care. And we are not, and we are not even going to talk about his fielding numbers because in the field he absolutely cannot play baseball. Josh, he is literally. This is not like no, no, no. Anyway, uh, nope. Moving on. Uh, let's shift our final topic to a piece that Andy Martino of SNY <laughs> penned a couple days ago. Uh, the Yankees' main focus remains DJ Lemayhew. However, that means they have also not talked to Masahiro Tanaka or anybody on the starting pitching market. Lean, we, this means I was thinking about this right before we hit record. Mm-hmm. It's time for Yankees fans to have a conversation that nobody wants to have. Yeah, it's getting to a point where I, I really don't think that Tanaka's coming back. And uh, was it Michael Kay? I think Michael Kay on air a few days ago yeah, said that was, he's not expecting Tanaka to return. It was it was on Yankees uh, Yankees hot stove where, where there was a few guys oh, okay. in the studio and yeah. he was broadcasting from his house. He basically said something along the lines of, "If, if the Yankees are probably going to get DJ LeMay, you don't expect to get him and Tanaka." Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, granted, you you said, "Oh, we got to start having the conversation." Masahiro Tanaka might not be a Yankee next year. That's very true. However, there's another aspect of the conversation that I know you're not going to like. I'm getting physically sick just having to bring it up. All right, hit me. We have to prepare for the possibility that Domingo Herman is going to be in the rotation next year. Yeah, oh, no, I I am prepared for that. I'm expecting it. Um, I I am expecting it because uh, I don't know why I closed baseball savant because now I'm actually curious about how his numbers look. Like Um, the Yankees obviously have a problem with the rotation already and without like, you know, they're, they literally are losing half the rotation free agency. So uh, I think they have no other option. I think that, I think that um, they're gonna that Herman is absolutely going to be in the rotation next year. I also think that if God forbid Tanaka walks, you're gonna see an increased pursuit of James Paxton, of Corey Kluber. Yeah, maybe the Yankees. You know I want Kluber. I know you don't agree, but you know I want Kluber, so I don't have a problem with that. But uh, it, I do more, not want James Paxton. Yeah, and and if Tanaka walks, then I think you're gonna see a, an increased pursuit of Jamison Tyon. Yeah. So it's sure. just because and like other guys, I know that we had a brief discussion about this. I just wrote a piece about how I think uh, Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards would be a good pick. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a nice because for me, this is how I view him. I don't know about you. For me, he would replace. He would basically be Jay Hops replacement yep. in the rotation, which is cool because he's younger. He's going to cost less, and he's better. So I think he's- that. Yeah, because nice. uh, if, if you're going to have a pitching rotation that's basically put together with scotch tape, you could certainly do worse. You could certainly do worse than, than guys Garrett like Richards. than Garrett Richards. As you're like number four, number five. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. 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 All right. So I looked up Domingo Herman. This These are his 20, his 2019 percentile ranks. He's a he's in the 70th on whiff rate, uh, 66 on curve, and so that's both above average. Yeah. Doesn't have a lot of velocity, but he comp- but he compensates that with an elite fastball spin. Mm-hmm. Doesn't walk a lot of guys. Uh, the, his main thing is he gets burned by hard contact. Yeah. 
And I think that can be uh, attributed to a good portion of his starts in 2019 where he was pitching hurt with a hip injury. Mm. So, well, it's, again, it's like I said, the Yankees have pretty much made it clear. He is not going to be a part of this team unless he can demonstrate that he is truly, sincerely remorseful yeah. for what he did. Yeah. And we say this knowing nothing about what he did. In fact, I'm, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Hats off to MLB for protecting the privacy of everybody involved. Because mm. if this were the NFL, all the gory details would be out. <laughs> That's very true. That's no, very like, true. M- MLB, it's like he's he's on leave for domestic violence, and that's all we're going to say right now, and that's yeah. all they ever have said. Yeah. Um, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you you told your Domingo Herman story uh, to me a while ago about how he kind of, he's very immature and doesn't really treat people very well in public. Yeah. Um, yeah, and honestly, though, that's, that's like only just part of the reason why I don't want him. Like I've said multiple times on here, I think he's overrated. I really don't think he's that good. And I don't think you can call yourself a World Series contending team if Domingo Herman is like a staple in your rotation. Especially, um, especially in the front end. Right, exactly, exactly, now, exactly. If he's now, like your number four, okay, you could do worse. But like, yeah. I don't know, yeah. Yeah, now, now that said, if, for, if by by the cruel twist of fate, he is the number two starter uh, in 2021 and he's pitching and he's winning 20 games, I'll be more than happy to eat my words. Right. No, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But I like, just don't think that's that's going to happen. You know? On paper right now, the Yankees pitching rotation is in very rough shape. Yeah, it's 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 really not pretty. Garrett, you, you got Garrett Cole, Davey Garcia, Jordan Montgomery, and who else? Dude. So, oh, Luis Severino you- back in June or July. Bro, are you even – and we don't even know how he's going to pitch because he's coming off Tommy John. I'm not but, um, too worried about Severino. No, neither am I, but it's Tommy just the John. point that needs to be brought up, you know. Right, like, yeah. right. Like, is, is he going to be Sevy or is he going to be Ivan Nova all of a sudden? Right. Um, I was going to ask you, though, uh, what do you think the Yankees are going to do – like, right out the gate, what do you think they're going to do about Clark Schmidt? Clark Schmidt, I think last year was his small uh, appearances last year was proof positive. He needs at least one more year in the minors yeah. or I half having, a season. I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter about this. He was, uh, the guy was like, oh, I, I shared my Garrett Richards article yep. and he was like, no, I'd rather, Garrett Richards is pretty good, but I'd rather Clark Schmidt. I was like, first of all, me personally, I don't have a problem with both of them being involved. And second of all, like Clark Schmidt was really bad last year and the Yankees are probably going to want him to like spend some time in the minors. But he was like, I think in that case, he's overrated because like if he's not ready by his age 25 season, that's a problem. But like, I think people are forgetting that he barely, he pitched what I think 19 innings in double a, and he hasn't seen a minute of triple a. Right. Yeah. Now, now that, that said, the stuff is there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's got the curveball. Yeah. Uh, the slider looks decent. The fastball's got a good spin and velocity to it. But I think last year he just kind of got caught up in the moment. Like, oh, man, yeah. like, I, I'm pitching for the Yankees right now. Even with right. no fans, that's intimidating. Right. So, And also I've, I've talked about uh, my friend Alec Montecalvo, who's, mm-hmm. um, who's an ex-college player and now works as a hitting coach in Phil- uh, at a youth academy in Philly. Yeah. This is someone who, for someone in his 20s, knows baseball very well. And he said, like, I look at Clark Schmidt, the stuff is there. He's not more than, a, he's maybe a high end two. Yeah. That's his ceiling. Yeah. That's fine. And like the Yankees are in a position right now where they don't need to worry about having an ace waiting in the wings. 
because uh, right. Garrett Cole's got that got that like nine year deal. That's another thing. I low key do think that at least Yankees fans overrate Clark Schmidt a little bit because I I think he has the stuff and I think he's gonna be really good. But right. he I do he's not gonna be an ace like you just said. And honestly, bro, if he ends up being a number two like what your what your friend said, I think that's really good. And I'm expecting him to be like maybe a yeah. three. So that would exceed my expectations. You and know? The, and then there's this guy down the minors who who obviously isn't gonna pitch this year but um but um is maybe like a year or two away who cc loves this guy luis medina yeah yeah yeah. we talked about him a few weeks ago right yeah yeah Yeah, so the yankees he can strap yeah he can strap and the (laughs) and the yankees they've got like more young arms than than they know what to do with at this point yeah and so i think that now with most of the core in place at least for the next few years before and they can because the yankees they can afford to take their time in extending guys or trading guys they can they can wait one year maybe two before having to think about that yeah but i but i think that at some point now you're going to see maybe next maybe next draft maybe the one after that you're going to see the Yankees start drafting maybe a high school arm to prepare for years down the road because yeah. Garrett Cole's the, the ace now but if we think he's going to be the number one starter for all nine years of his deal that's not going to happen <laughs> that would be a problem bro <laughs> oh, he'll, he'll be in the rotation he just won't be yeah. the number one no imagine he's like 38 and he's our ace oh man he's Billy Chapel from for love of the game I haven't seen for the love of the game. Don't oh, it. No, I'm not going to kill you over that because it's mm-hmm. a Kevin Costner baseball movie and it's kind of cheesy. I've heard like mixed reviews about it. Yeah. It's look, it, it's popular it's, though. So yeah, it's, it's on cable a bunch. It's, it's a typical, yeah. it's a typical like baseball overcoming adversity movie. Like the guy's pitching his last game. He's trying to wonder mm. what he's going to do. It's uh, super cheesy, but it's kind of uplifting because it, it, it's told in like, it kind of goes back and forth between the game he's pitching and flashbacks throughout life. Oh, okay. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And so you're kind of like going through, you're kind of going through the game with him while he's reminiscing. Right, 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 right. It's like, okay. it's two and a half hours of complete and utter Kevin Costner cheese, <laughs> but it's like, I do like Kevin Costner though. So yeah. I, uh, Kevin Costner for me, it's kind of hard for me to take him seriously because he looks so much like my dad, rest in peace. Wait, are you <laughs> serious? Uh, I'm gonna find an old picture of my of my dad from when I was a kid for you, and you'll see how much he looks like Kevin Costner. Yeah, I'm very curious. It's kind now. of ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, let's shift the conversation to the big elephant with the big bat in the room, DJ LeMayhew. Bob Clappish yeah. had an article today where he basically said, "Hal Steinbrenner, just pay the man already." Yeah. And yeah. I'm and I'm going because I said this in an article I wrote about Tanaka that went up today. Even though the Yankees did lose more money than any other team because of the pandemic, they're still the Yankees. Yeah, dude, you can afford to pay. Yeah, Forbes valued them at $5 billion ahead of last year. <laughs> it's like, yo, Hal, I get that you don't want to spend too much money. And believe me, I respect that the Yankees lost a bunch of cash because of the pandemic. I, yeah, as, a, as a partial season ticket holder, I, res- I respect that. <laughs> Right. But you're the Yankees. They they were worth five billion dollars. The next team, uh, uh, number two, it was the Dodgers. They're only worth three point four billion. Right. I, I don't. I don't mean to say only three point four billion, but that's a big but, gap. Of course, yeah. Of course. So the Yankees look. The last thing the Yankees want to do is let money get in the way of winning. Mm-hmm. And Brian Cashman says, like, this team can win. This team can win. And 
I don't know what's going to happen, but it sounds like uh, uh, Jack Curry and John Flaherty seem to think that right now LeMahieu's agent is just kind of seeing what's out there. And then is going to go back to the Yankees and said, hey, here's what we heard. Can you match it or go over? Yeah, yeah. So I'm expecting uh, to. He's, um, apparently, he's apparently looking for five years, 100, and um, Brian Hoke thinks he'll get four and 80. I, mean, I, think be, I think it'll be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, got to do what you got to do. I'd give, um, him, I'd give him five in between 85 and 90. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. I don't even like that deal, but unfortunately, it's just you got to – you have to do it. Um they, there are some instances where it is worth it to overpay. Of Two course, th- look, like, yeah. and I, I've said this before, I think uh, I have never been optimistic about this core, this Yankees core winning a World Series. And if they are going to win, the window is closing rapidly. And so d- just get overpaying DJ LeMayhew is definitely one of the many things that needs to be done in order for there to be a glimmer of hope that these guys win a championship. So... I don't know. Yeah, because it's like I've said before, if DJ LeMayhew uh, walks, who's what are you going to do? You're going to put Tyler Wade as your starting second baseman? Oh, my God. Oh. The, o- the only other move that I would be okay with if LeMayhew walked, and you might think I'm crazy for this, if DJ LeMayhew, God forbid, walks, I am 100% in support of bringing back DJ Gregorius. I don't know if that would be my first choice, but I wouldn't be mad at, I wouldn't be mad at that. I really would. The most important thing would be that even if you if you lost LeMayhew and brought Didi back, the clubhouse uh, vibe wouldn't change that much. Yeah. And I and I get that uh, Didi doesn't have a lot of good things to say about the franchise right now because I think he feels they oh, kind of yeah. did him dirty with DJ. Yeah. Which I get it, but at the same time, nobody no a nobody anticipated him being as good as he was. And B, Gregorius was hurt. Like, guys get hurt, sit out for a bit, and they're supplanted. This happens all the time. This happens all the time in all sports. Yeah, what, what, sure. uh, hi, Wally Pip. Anybody remember him? Right. Lou Gehrig? Yeah. Anyway. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. But either way, I think that, knock on wood, like I'm knock on my, my nightstand right now, uh, yeah. when push comes to shoved, the Yankees will re-sign DJ LeMayhew. It's just – they're probably going to haggle over, over some dollars. But – yeah. I don't know. Like Jeff Passan says the main competition is the Blue Jays. I think he threw the Mets out there, but then the Mets said they're not going to be market setters for DJ LeMayhew. So that kind of rules them out. I, yeah, I honestly, and it's not just like an optimism thing, or I, I don't think I would be surprised if the Mets land uh, DJ. I don't see that happening. I don't think it'll happen either. I think the Mets have a greater chance of landing Tanaka than they do DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I think I saw somewhere that like Tanaka, like if he doesn't find the deal he likes, he might just uh, pitch in Japan for a year and then come back. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I had to do a little more digging on that, but I, I read something. Yeah, I, said, I read something. Uh, I think it was from Martino actually that if Tanaka decides to play in MLB in 2021, because mm. um, I wow. think because Tanaka's married to I think a Japanese pop star. And they oh, have like that's why he's oh that makes sense I I knew she was a celebrity but I didn't know what she was okay yeah sense, yeah, yeah I, be- I believe she's a singer yeah oh, wow. uh, and I think and I do believe that um, they still live in Japan during the off season yeah I've gathered that much too just, yeah but also I just want to point out 
at not long after the Yankees were eliminated from the postseason, I saw this on Amy Cole's Instagram. Yeah, so cute. She, Garrett, Masa, and his wife, they were all out for, I think it looked like sushi and sake bombs together. And I'm just like, buddies. Yeah, that was, that was, that, 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 that was really that's buddy. That's buddies spelled with a bunch of D's, a bunch of Y's, and a bunch of Z's. Because <laughs> I have too much energy, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, look. I think that when push comes to shove, Tanaka will resign with the Yankees because it's it's like twenty the 2017-2018 offseason all over again. Everyone's mm-hmm. playing free agency chicken. Like they're everyone's sure. waiting because the hitters are waiting for DJ to set the market, yeah. and the pitchers are probably waiting for Trevor Bauer to set the market. Yeah, yeah. Which and that that's going to be even more confusing if Bauer makes good in his promise and only signs a one year deal somewhere. Oh man, that's going to be. That's one of my biggest like points of curiosity for this offseason. If Bauer actually just signs a one-year deal, because I think he's going to get a lot of big deals. So I don't. If Bauer signs a one-year deal with the Yankees, I will be one hundred percent okay with that. It's I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think Cole wants him on the team. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to complain. I mean, he's the reigning he's the reigning NL Cy Young winner. Of why course, the, yeah. Why the sure. hell not? Yeah, and he's and he's. He's going to be 30 in about a month. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with Trevor d- Bauer being a Yankee for I don't see it happening. No, I think uh, the Mets are going to be seriously in on him. And he's yeah. expressed like multiple times that he's uh, – that, you know, he likes what's going on with the Mets and stuff and, and the, the culture change and stuff. And so. the Angels have checked in on him too, I yeah, think. Because yeah, he's yeah. a California boy. That could be a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he also lives in Houston during the offseason. Can't, oh, really? really, can't really rule out the Astros. Mm, yeah either way uh it is not the hot stove yet it is still the cold stove hopefully in the next couple of weeks we will um we will have some more to report uh uh, did we cover everything today i think we did great uh that is gonna do every that is gonna be everything on yankees mets express today uh we will be back the week of december 21st lean is taking a well-deserved break uh next week uh i mean hey i took three weeks off to be a dad lean deserves one week off to get a break from me this is a vacation on your behalf josh (laughs) (laughs) okay cool great i appreciate that uh all right so you can find me on twitter at josh b-e-s-n-y lean what about you at lean underscore amin and that is on twitter as well yes all right. Uh, this has been Yankees Mets Express. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please subscribe. We could use the numbers. This has been part of Elite Sports and Why, part of Elite Sports Radio, the voice, the pulse of New York City sports, part of our the Crossing Broad Network. Shout out to our friends uh, in Philly. Hopefully, the, the actual Phillies uh, aren't too bad with all their financial problems oh, right now. Oh, we, we could devote an entire episode to that, like, another time. <laughs> we'll bring it up next time, yeah, because it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Great. So, um, thanks, as always, for listening, folks. And most importantly, stand clear of the closing doors. <laughs>